Performance On Demand Podcast. It's Performance on Demand podcast with Craig and Jeremy, where you will learn all things endurance sports from training and nutrition to mental strength. Everything you need and want to know in one place. Welcome back to Performance on Demand podcast. I am your host, Craig Will, along with Sir Jeremy Brown. Nice shirt. Nice shirt, Jeremy. I like that shirt. Where did you get that cool Dude, shirt? I have not washed it since the last time I wore it when we interviewed uh, Robert Goyne. So does it smell bad? I have not washed it. I was such a um, – I don't know. Can you smell it? So uh, I can um, smell it. That actually. was such a great interview. I, I wanted to keep that that fire and that flow alive. So I decided I just uh, – it's like my rally cap. Um, yeah, well, your, your wife probably is going to want you to wash that soon. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I have we, noticed that every time, every time our guest even has a heartbeat, the damn – uh, video changes to her. So apparently we should start talking about her because she's ready and waiting. <laughs> no, I'm just listening. Greg, I'm going to let you totally do this intro. Intro. So, uh, we actually had a request to do an IMTX, so an Iron, Texas Ironman overview center. We just had this last weekend. And so I thought, why not have one of the coolest kids on the block on this podcast? <laughs> and uh, allow me He's to introduce... <laughs> Like 45. You said kid. She's she's a she, oh my god, Jeremy. 45. Just because it's my third career, whatever. Don't judge me. Uh you have to be nice because I'm I'm listening in. Uh allow me to introduce you to Miss Nikki. Hey Nikki. Hey, how are you? I don't know. How are you? I'm I'm just glad so I'm great. So so we're not even. I just don't. I don't want anybody to know who you are. I want you to tell us a little Most bit about. Most people you. probably don't. So it's <laughs> whatever, <good>. whatever, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so uh, I want you to be able to just kind of tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and then we'll get into a little IMTX review. Okay. Um, well, I'm a professional triathlete. I live in Dayton, Ohio, and let's see. How long ago did we start working together, Craig? About a year. Probably about a year ago. Yeah. And. I met you through Jeremy, who I met a little over a year ago as well. So a year and a half, something like that. Sure. Uh, I've been racing. This is my third season as a um, racing professionally and race mostly half and fulls and just finished Texas. It was my first race of the season. So uh, my background, I haven't, didn't grow up a triathlete, grew up a soccer player and uh, I've had a couple of different careers prior to triathlon. So, um, but kind of just a quick background so you mean you can be a Good, soccer player you can you can be a soccer player what's and still that be jeremy a tra- he's he just ignore him he's just rambling uh, he cut <laughs> out anyway <laughs> yeah soccer is my background that's uh the sport i played growing up through college and then wanted to stay fit so grabbed a bike and then attempted to learn to swim which i'm still trying to tra- still learning <laughs> right jeremy obviously yeah. yeah, right. Hey, you know, I've got to do this Ironman thing at some point, so I may come to you because I don't know how to swim either. I should probably ask somebody other than me. Uh, I'm just looking for the next. 
<laughs> I'm just looking for the next float with a beer. That's where. I, that's what I swim to. The the nearest float with a beer. You need to sign up for one where they have the uh, water, you know, the uh, noodles or whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jeremy, do you want to kind of roll with um, how this, how we lead? Obviously, we do this without thinking about what we're doing. We just start going. But you want to kind of guide us into uh, this weekend, this last weekend's event, and then we can pull in, you know, wherever Nikki wants to start talking. Absolutely. So, um, Obviously, I'm based down here in Houston, so it's kind of a hometown race uh, for me and the Mind Right team. Uh, we went out and set up camp. Uh, it was it was really awesome. I got out there the day before the race, and, and as an Ironman coach, I went out there and I stood at the swim start. And, and Nikki, you may have come across this as well, as I'm sure people reach out to you occasionally. I was actually very shocked at how many people, how many people first time it was. And when I say first time, I mean first ever triathlon. Oh, wow. Ever. That's that's the word ever. So one guy actually the day before he asked me at least 30 questions um, and he didn't have much of a clue of what he was doing, but he asked a lot of really good questions like, what should I eat on the bike race? And so as a coach, that's a little concerning. <laughs> However, I will say, you know, I talked to him. I gave him some good swim tips. I gave him some just some good thought tips. Um, and it's impressive to see the people that go to that practice swim and you can feel the nerves, you can feel the anxiety. Obviously it was up in the air. Is it wetsuit legal, non-wetsuit legal? That's always a big stress into these spring and fall races uh, or even the summer races as you get kind of north. And, you know, at the end of the day, the people I, uh, people I talked to seem to have overcome it pretty well. I did see the guy on the run course the next day. He absolutely had an incredible day and he hugged me three times and told me that I gave him the best advice ever. Um, oh God. And so that's always cool. That's always cool to see. But there were a lot of first-timers at this race. And the race as a whole, uh, Nikki, I don't think you could have gotten much better race day conditions in terms of no. in terms of heat for Ironman Texas, in terms of even the course itself the, with the, the new change. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would agree. This is the first time I've done Texas, but I was prepared for a super hot and humid day and sunny. And there was cloud cover. It was cool. A little bit of wind, but you get that anywhere. So I, based on – what I've heard of Texas. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, and I, I raced it last year and, um, it was, uh, it was last year was super weird because the cold front came through and the weather changed and a cold front came through this, this year. Uh, I think you guys might've gotten a, a drop or two of rain, but it wasn't too bad out there on the bike course. Nikki. No, not at all. I didn't, I think it depended where you were, but, um, yeah, there, I didn't get any rain. Just there was the wind when that front came through, the temperature dropped and the wind picked up. Probably for most people on that last um, uh, 30 miles, 30 miles coming back on the Hardy Toll Road. So, yeah. yeah. And how was that? So talk us through the swim. What do you think about the swim course? You you know, you've done a lot of racing. Um, The swim course is actually back to the way it normally was. Last year was a little bit different due to the water quality. But what did you think about the swim course overall? I thought it was really straightforward. Um, It gets a little um, hard to navigate coming back when you're trying to navigate into that canal, just the way the buoys are, but it, it's really straightforward. So the water was calm. And, and, and would you, would you, would you say the swim was pretty flat Oh yeah. or did it have some elevation changes? Um, you know, a few elevation changes, nothing bad. <laughs> <laughs> like when, so, the, when the boats went by, you know, you got a few right, right. holes in the water. Because we have you on here. So, so what, like, what was your, uh, your official Garmin file swim distance or your polar file or whatever watch you use? What was your official swim distance? I did not look. I'm going to go with that. It was long though, because my time was a little longer than I would have expected. <laughs> all right. All right. So you might, you might have swam 45, 4,600. 
I think I might have. I didn't look. I didn't want to know. <laughs> Everyone, it's perfectly fine. Even the pros do it. So um, got that. You know, transition was a couple of years ago. Transition was super muddy. Uh, this year, I saw people actually stopping. We we're probably a half mile into the bike. A bunch of people stopping and cleaning their cleats off and things like that. Was that an issue early on? Obviously, you're one of the first few out of the out of the swim and onto the bike. Uh, no, it wasn't muddy at all. I keep my um, shoes on the bike, so my feet weren't muddy or anything like that. So yeah, no transition was good. So and the and the bike. So take us through how take us through how your bike went in comparison to what you expected of the course and of yourself. Um, I think the course was awesome. I mean, it was a fast course. You could pretty much put your head down and go. Um, you know, you had like 30 miles, I think it was getting onto the Hardy toll road. And once you're out there, it's just, you know, put your head down and go. I was really actually happy with my bike. Um, it was my best bike split I've had. The last 30 miles were definitely a, a test of, of a bit of character. Cause you're used to just cruising along and all of a sudden you look up, you see the flags straight out and you're like, Oh, the wind has uh, changed direction from, you know, a crosswind to pretty much a headwind. So um, that takes a little different navigating when you're out there and just <clears throat> keeping track of your, you know, I just look at my computer and keep myself honest. Uh, the hardest thing for me, and I've done races where, you know, being at the back of the pack of the swim coming out, I'm, I get overtaken by a lot of the fastest amateurs and, uh, the road got a little, um, sketchy on that hardy toll road with a lot of people cutting in and a lot of traffic out there. So you, uh, end up having to be a lot navigating, you know, past people and, um, the drafting that happens and, and not getting involved in any of that. But I thought the course was great, especially compared to what I heard of last year. And some people were like, Oh, it's going to be boring, but I, you put your head down and go. And those were fast roads. Yeah. That's a, I think you made a great point. That's a true, like a true TT course. Like you can follow the white line and go great road surface, Beautiful yep. asphalt road surface, very, very fast. There's a couple of small overpasses yeah. you had to go that could sneak up on you, but they're kind of nice because you get out of your air bars. <laughs> right, right. It did, it did break it up a little bit, but it was yeah. it was a very, very fast course. So fast that uh, our good friend uh, Andrew Starkwood set the new global bike course record, which is always impressive to see in his first comeback race. But um, it it's it, it was way, obviously way different than last year's course. Last year's course was like eighty something turns in ninety miles. I think that was the most fun bike course I've ever been on because you go a mile, mile and a half and you're making a turn. And so it does break it up quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think they've got a really good course. They seem to kind of have it laid out. I didn't hear any major issues. Heard of several age group crashes. I heard of, um, I think a couple, uh, at least one of the female pros got taken out at mile 100. By yeah. Group. And that's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's racing. It's kind of what happens. But um, as far as that goes, what did you see out there in terms of congestion? You know, obviously you're you're going to be on your second lap when most are getting on their first. What did you see? There was a lot of, um, and I don't know what this is due to. I think a lot of people maybe ride. I was talking to actually Andrew and another person, and how I think a lot of people ride their trainers a lot more, and especially with an early season race, you're inside a lot more if you're not somewhere where it's warm. So you're not used to navigating your, on your bike, grabbing your water bottles, paying attention to people around you, or even just with the safety being out on the roads. I think a lot of people choose bike paths or inside. So I feel like there were, it got congested. I don't know that congested would be the right word as opposed to you had to be really mindful of the people around you. Um, there was a lot of, 
you know, wobbly bikes kind of back and forth. And, and this isn't like pointing fingers at any specific type of rider, anybody out there. I think it just comes with, um, not used to being around people as much. And, uh, there's a lot of like, you had to be mindful of someone past you, they might cut in too soon. And, um, people kind of riding side by side by side. So you had to be careful when you passed. Right. Um, right. So I do know there are, it sounds like there are a handful, a couple of pros that might've gotten, uh, in some wrecks and, uh, some age group. Yeah. And I know that happens, but, uh, I think it's just, and those, those loop, you got to even pay attention in a race, even if they aren't cars. Correct. So. And those loop courses that like that one. And I think Arizona is one people complain about often. It's just that, that multiple lose where you got 25, you know, hundred people you're putting in a, a 50 mile stretch of road. It gets a little bit. Nice. Yeah. And I think I hadn't thought about it before. I think you're absolutely right with, you know, it is such an early season race. There's a lot of trainer riding going on, not a lot of actual outside group riding or bike handling skills. So that's actually a very great point that you bring up. Yeah. Um, so let's take us on to the run. Now this is kind of your bread and butter, right? I mean, you're, it is the sooner I get to the run, the happier I am <laughs> as, a, as a soccer player and, and as a developing pro going from uh, pretender to contender, right? Um, working on that. Yep. You, um, uh, you can't wait to get the run. You lick your chops. What do you think about the run course itself? I like the run. I thought it was great. Um, it was, you had people, I mean, there were some points on the course where you didn't have much fan base, but I thought it was broken up so well. Like you definitely had spots to, to look forward to. It was pretty straightforward. It's pretty flat. There was like, if you want to even call it a hill, I don't know that you really could, you know, a couple little rises, but, uh, I, I thought the, I thought the run course was great. You know, you guys were set up out by the, where the swim start was. There was a ton of fans down on the canal. Um, I, I can't say enough about the volunteers out there and, uh, they went above and beyond at those aid stations. And I thought they were, I like the run course. I actually, I don't think there's anything I'd really change. So I love how you called them fans, not spectators. I, I like that angle. I like that perspective. They're fans. So yeah, man, they, they get you going. Everybody's there fun. for you, right? <laughs> oh, totally for me. They know my name <laughs> only because it says it on my bib. <laughs> on your bib. Like, I may or may not have yelled at a couple people because they age groupers that did not have their names on their bibs and I yelled at them, nice. but they're really missing out on a lot of life. So that's a, that's a great thing yeah. to have. No, my, my bib says Nicole and like people are like, go Nicole. I'm like, who the hell's Nicole? I'm like, Oh, that's me. Oh, <laughs> I go by Nicole very like, often. <laughs> the first lap last year, people are yelling my name out. And, you know, I know a few people down here and I'm like, oh, who the hell are you? I don't know you, but thanks. You know, random person. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, right. on my bib. That's how they know. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was fun. There's a lot of energy on the course. It was, so. And, uh, it, it's broken up by bike path road. You go through neighborhoods, you're on the canal. Oh. Um, there's a few logistical weird things that you have to, you know, run up a hill and grass that's muddy, but I think to accommodate it, like you're going to have that on any kind of course. So, and, and, and do you like that as a, um, as a, you know, a competitive racer, or do you like that multiple loop run course as opposed to, you know, like say, a, say a Louisville and out and back, out and back? I prefer the loops. I like yeah. the loops. Yeah. It's, it's easier. I think my brain like can, uh, you know, break it down a little bit easier. Right. You know, I can, I can think about, okay, you know, what, eight and a half miles per, you know, loop. And I break it down from there. So, yeah. So overall on the day, I want to recap your day real quick. Overall on the day, give us your takeaways. Uh, give us a couple of pros and cons on, on your day and kind of analyze your performance. I know you've already chatted with Bob. I'm sure, I'm sure Andrew, um, what are, what are your thoughts yeah. on your day and kind of let us know how you think through your performance. So we got people that are going to list this that actually raced it and, how do you break it down at, at a, at a higher level of something you do for a career? Sure. I mean, I think when you're first down, you know, you have this emotional high of whether it was a good day or a bad day. So there's a lot going on. And I think 
my thoughts on that initial perspective of the race right after tend to be a little different day, you know, post day one, day two, and then you get home and you have a little more time to think it through. But, um, you know, I, it was my first race of the season. I came out of the day with a PR. So at that point, it's like when you see progression and you're getting faster, you have to be happy with that. Whether that means I still wasn't technically, you know, I wasn't a contender that day. Um, but for me, it was a step in the right direction in terms of I'm getting stronger and faster. So, you know, I have to be happy with that. Um, I think I try to break down each part of the race from a physical perspective and mental perspective. Um, coming out of the swim, I mean, I think this is probably the hardest thing for me. I, you know, Craig and I have talked about expectations versus, you know, just going and racing and not because expectation you can't control an expectation. Um, so I came out of the swim much further back than I ever expected. And I think the biggest thing I could tell anybody is, okay, the swim is done. And it used to be where I would fixate on, oh man, I just had the worst swim. I'm at the back of the pack and I got a lot of time to make up and I would just dwell on it and dwell on it. So from a race day perspective and looking back on that, it's like, you're out of the swim and what's done is done and you got to go forward. And the next thing's the bike. Um, so this one was, was really rough for me and I had a lot of time to make up. I was able to look forward and I put together my best bike split I've ever put together. And so for me, that was a huge win coming out of a pretty awful swim. And had you had this interview last year, the year before, I probably would have fallen apart and proceeded to have a pretty bad bike and run. Cause I couldn't have gotten my head out of that bad start to the race. And then from there I put together a solid run split for me. Um, so Given the day for me, it was a pretty good day. There were highs and lows. Anytime you, you exercise for anywhere from <laughs> eight to what, 10, 12, 14, 16 hours. I mean, you're going to have highs and lows. So I think it's, for me, it's been learning to manage those and how to, uh, you know, keep moving forward and not, I mean, your day isn't ruined in the first hour of the race. Right. You might have more work ahead of you, but, uh, so from a first race of the season, it wasn't what, you know, I thought I was capable of, but at the end of the day, it was a step in the right direction. So, um, and I usually download with my coach after the fact, like right away. And then usually we mull over it and then we talk throughout the week. And then that really is the, the stepping stone for what the next training block looks like or what the next race looks like. So. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and, uh, and so take us through, give us one high you experienced on the day. It can be any part, it can be post-race, pre-race, during race, whatever. And one low sure. you experienced and, and kind of how you manage those from a mental aspect, how you kept it from being this over the top emotional uh, dump or waste, if you will. And then how you kept it from on the other end from being this over the top emotional dump or waste. Sure. The low for me by far was the swim. Um, I got out and I looked at my watch or the clock or whatever, and I came out easily 10 minutes slower than I thought or 10 minutes slower than I knew I was capable of 10 to 15 minutes. And I knew that, uh, that was, <laughs> I had to tell myself I couldn't let it set the tone, but that's hard. You come into transition and there's two bikes left on the pro rack. Like that's not a fun, fun feeling. Right. right. Um, and for me, I've worked with Craig a lot about that and it was, you know, an hour and 15 minutes into the, to, uh, you know, nine plus hour day. And so I've learned to forget that and think about the bike. And so managing that became easier. And I think it's like, okay, out of the swim. And the thing too, is you don't know what's happening in front of you on the race. 
I mean, four girls dropped out. Um, someone else might've had a bad swim. I had no idea. Um, so it, it's remembering that someone else might've had that same, you know, they're going to have something go wrong too. So, you know, I, once I'm out of transition, I stopped thinking about the swim. Good. I legitimately stopped thinking about it. And I think that's, that's a huge piece of the puzzle, whether it be. And I, you know. I know, I know you personally, Craig knows you personally. And, uh, sure. you know, that's, that's one thing I can say is that you have developed so much just in the past year, since you and I would talk occasionally about, you know, opportunities and stuff. And, and Craig has really dove into that. And, and, uh, yeah. I'm definitely and from just from an outside perspective, I'm give Craig props on that because I know, I know where you were and kind of what went on. And, yeah. I, and here you say that basically you just compartmentalized the hell out of that situation and just said, okay, here's your box. That's what you did. Yep. Opportunity. Yeah. Who can I pass? Let's go to work. Yeah. That's, that's an incredible testament to not only Craig's work, but also your ability to retain it and, and make it actionable. So yeah. that's, that's awesome. Really proud of Thanks. you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. And I think I'm probably not the only one in the situation. I mean, we all have our weak link and it's learning to, uh, when you, you know, manage that. So, and so what, what was your high on the day? Give us your, your, your highest moment you can recall. Oh, geez. Um, probably, I mean, the run for me, I, I look forward to the run and honestly, um, yeah, being out there and you might be like the first pro, you might be the 10th pro or you might, you know, and everybody, when you come by, like drawing off that energy, that's huge for me and knowing, so I'm, I'm in my third season as a pro and this year I have to recertify for my, um, pro card or pro license. And, um, that means like there's different percentages and I was within like a percentage at one point in the run and, and knowing that I'm getting closer on those big race days to being, you know, feeling like I actually belong amongst that, those other women that have that ability to race at such a high level was a really a big win for me. Now close doesn't cut it, but I've got a glimpse of what that felt like to be within that, you know, percentage of where the winner is. And she had a great day. So I think, feeling that I could almost taste it. That was a big, big high for me. Um, I didn't quite seal the deal on that, but it's getting closer. So I think being able to put that solid run together at the end of a hard day and drawing from the crowd and knowing that, you know, I'm one step closer was, was a really big, big win for me. So appreciation of progress is such a huge thing, such a huge thing. So, uh, excellent. I, I appreciate all that, that recap. That's really, really genuine in depth. Um, kind of breaking it down because some of the things that you mentioned myself as an athlete or, you know, other athletes we could totally relate to. It's like not a, it's not a, a pro amateur fast, slow thing. If you're out there for uh, 17 hours, I guarantee you go through the same shit. It just, it's part of, it's part of the beauty of, of long yeah. racing. So, yeah, I actually, uh, just real quick on that point, uh, I was swimming at one of the YMCAs in Houston and, um, before I came up to the woodlands for the week and, there was a lady and a guy swimming next to me and I had my swim skin on. I was just testing some equipment out before and uh, oh, she looked at me. I, I was totally one of those people <laughs> <laughs> and they pegged me and they're like, are you racing? As you should be. So we got into this conversation and she's like, the lady's like, oh, you race, you're race professionally. And you know, what does that mean? And we have this conversation and, and she's like, oh, do you win? Do you, are you in the top three? And I giggled. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm like, and my exact words were, you know, I'm a real small fish in a big pond. 
And I think a lot of people feel that way, whether you're a pro or amateur at your first race. And she looked at me and I will never forget this. She's like, well, you're in the pond. And I think that's really important to remember. And I saw her on the run course That's awesome. and she recognized me and she screamed like hell for me. Every time I came through that lap, your first fan, my first fan. And I don't remember her name. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, like it was humbling. It was like, you know, it, it's it was just it was just a point that stuck with me for the week. That's solid. and that's uh, really 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 good. Craig, so I think you anybody could you know whether you're finishing first last or it's your first Ironman or tenth. I mean you're out there and I have to remember that. So you're in the pond. That is solid. I really yeah. like that. Craig, you have any thoughts after hearing all that? Well, I mean, oh, um, you know, I think from a mental perspective, as she said, just to give her more credit, uh, you know, she's put a ton of work, not only into her performance, but also into, uh, the mental perspective. And, you know, it's, it's always an evolution, right? So it's always growing, it's always developing. And, and, um, you know, I am super proud of you for what you've accomplished. I know it's not to your standard. And I think that's the Thank part you. of the, that's part of the fun thing about what you do is that you always have that desire to do a little bit more and it's always more, and it's always more, which kind of continues to feed you to be, uh, to get back into the next brick of whatever it is that you're going to be doing so that you can get that process built even further up. But, um, you know, I'm just overall proud. I'm proud of what you've done. Very proud of what you've done. Who the Thanks. hell's hammering? I don't know. Somebody hears that hammering. There's somebody hammering. <laughs> no. Random interjection. So, uh, Greg, any final thoughts? Nikki, any final thoughts on on the course, the race, your day, your development process? Craig, any thoughts from you? No, I mean, I you know, I think this was really good. Just an overview from a pro's perspective of what this what this event's about. Uh, the mental aspect is obviously a big part of it, and she's hit on it enough that I don't really need to hit that any further. Uh, it is a critical component to anyone's. Uh, race day. It's not just a critical component to the race day. It's a critical component to the training. Thus, you know, you don't do this the day before the race. You do it throughout the, the, the training so that you become accustomed to what's required from a mental perspective. So um, she's done a very good job of doing that. I don't need to do it again. Nikki, final thoughts? Um, no, I, no, not really. You guys are lame <laughs> How about you? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I love that course. I mean, obviously, it's a home race. Uh, I, I, I love any race I can go to and I can watch people excessively exercise for hours. Uh, I, did a, I did a Facebook post in the uh, Ironman Texas Facebook group, the private group, and I thanked them for exercising excessively so that we could have a reason to drink <laughs> get sunburned. Uh, I have to say, the folks that drink, they're the most entertaining. There were some... There's some good pockets of running through that, yeah. There's yeah. that. I'm telling you that run course. Yeah, you know, I've I've been on a few of them now, and that run course is pretty lively. And you get to see people, you know, it is, yeah. every every hour to every you know two hours. And man, it's as an athlete running through there because I remember last year when the storm hit, uh, and you said the volunteers were awesome. Well, last year they abandoned their posts. Um, when you come down the waterway on the south side, and you kind of do that little clover leaf thing. Yep. So you go up to that little weird out and back. There was a yeah. in there before you go over the bridge. It was yeah. completely abandoned during the hailing. Of course, oh uh, yeah, people weren't really running, but maybe four of us. But there was <laughs> there were no supplies. There were no anything. Um, yeah, 
but the course itself, and so you run back down the waterway, and it's like a ghost town. There are no people out there on oh, that wow. bottom of I the fish side. And you look in the windows of these restaurants and bars, and people are peeking through the windows because it's freaking lightning and tornado. And- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no that- the volunteers were awesome. They went that, above that and beyond. Yeah, I really, so. I, I love that course. Um, and I'm with you on the run course. It's it, it, it breaks up so well. That whole west end of it, where you're going around the lake, can get a little bit quiet. Um, I think that's kind Except of except for your tent with all your music. You know, we we do what we can. So you're in a good you're in a good spot. Yeah. Next year, no, I'll, I'll definitely be back. It was it was a good race. Good. Well, next year we'll be bigger and better. So you need to talk to old Bobby and see if we can't make that one happen. <laughs> yeah, I'll see about that. Hey, hey Nikki. I gotta uh, make uh-huh. sure Andrew's doing it again so yeah. he can lose another bet too. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So tell us about that real, really quickly, because because Andrew right now is zero for three in two years, and then we're talking about our good friend Andrew Starkwitz. Zero for three in two years. What bet did you have with him this year? Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about this because you asked me about my highs of the day. Completely, my high of the day was taken down, beating Andrew Starkwitz. Now I need to define the the term beat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually beat him per se in time, but uh, yeah, we had a little percentage going on, and so I scored. Uh, free dinner and dessert and uh yes we had cheesecake uh prior to dinner because uh that's what you do on race day <laughs> you have dessert before you have dinner so that was pretty much a highlight because I, I didn't pay a dime for that one <laughs> right right and, and and with that with a pro going from pretender to contender free dinner is always accepted heck yeah he has he has way more way more money than i do from the uh, yeah, winnings t- perspective <laughs> tens of dollars so yeah right uh. Excellent work, girl. Thanks for coming out here and chatting with us. Hey, Great. thanks. The first Perfect. podcast ever. Look Good. Hey. First podcast ever? Wow. Yeah, give me some more fans. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. Greg, what you got? That's, that's good. We're good. Are you you good? Anything else you want to add? I'm good. Okay. Nikki, one you last thing. You can reach thing. that guy right there. Nope. Oh, no. Nope. Nope. Go ahead. One last thing. Nikki, oh. what's, what's next for you? What's yeah. next? Um, you know, it looks like I'm going to do Chattanooga 70.3 in about four weeks. Very cool. So, and that's not really that so, far from you. So, yeah. um, I look forward to seeing you no, over there. Driving distance and yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Hey, gotta, how can we get a hold of you if we're looking to get a hold of you, if we're looking to tell you you're awesome, or if we're looking to tell you you really, truly do suck at swimming, how can someone send you a message <laughs> where you can contact with you? Yeah. Looking for a swim coach. Um, no, <laughs> uh, I'm on, I have a Facebook page, Nikki Luce, and then I'm on Instagram. Those are the two main and Twitter as well. It's all under my name. Nikki and the last name's L U S E. So N I C K I E, not Y. Yes. Correct. Yep. Yep. Correct. So all yeah. right. Very good. So if you want to get a hold guys. of Jeremy over there, oh, sorry. If you want to get a hold of Jeremy over there at uh, MindRight, it's MindRightEndurance.com. Also, Jeremy at MindRightEndurance, you can reach me, CraigWillard.com or Craig Willard at Craig at CraigWillard.com. Otherwise, see you all later. Later. Bye, guys. Thanks.